It is intimidating. Absolutely. I was sitting next to people that were younger than me that had more recruiting experience. But like I said, at the end of the day, instead of comparing age or years or whatever, I just put my head down and worked hard. And I ended up getting two promotions within a year and a half. You're listening to the Working Progress Podcast, and we are your hosts, Dana and Angela. We believe your work and career should evolve with you, and it is therefore always a work in progress. In this podcast, you will hear stories of people who turn their careers from something that no longer serves them into something that complements who they are and their life goals. The way I like to think about it is that their careers are growing and stretching just like they are. Our goal is to inspire you to get out there and to make the changes you want for yourself and your future self. Let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for stopping by and welcome back to the Working Progress Podcast. I'm Dana. I'm Angela. And we're really excited to be talking to Brittany today. So welcome, Brittany, to uh, join us in the conversation today. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, thank you for talking to us. It's it's a, a little bit early. I know we were just just talking about that, but thanks for stopping by. Um, so Brittany was a clinical therapist, and she worked as a recruiter, and now she's an entrepreneur. So we have a lot of questions for you, Brittany. Um, but first of all, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll take you from there. So I will go back in time to. Um, after college, so I went to Ohio State and I always had an infatuation for people and behavior and understanding how I can better help others with their path when it comes to mental health. So I ended up, you know, following that path. It was either law school or learning about, um, you know, people. And so I chose that path. And So I received my master's, I got into the nonprofit world, and I was a clinical therapist. So basically what that means is I was a mental health counselor, and mainly for adolescents, and I was located in Chicago. So I worked in some very challenging environments that, um, you know, didn't have the support that they needed emotionally. Um, There was a lot of trauma substance abuse and depression and anger. And so I did that for several years. And, you know, it's interesting because I loved it. I I really did. I loved helping other people, but there was a lot of complexity. You know, I worked with Department of Child Family Services and attorneys, and it was extremely draining to the point where I found myself getting, you know, physically sick, um, and mentally extremely drained. And I kind of hit this wall and it, I think everybody might have experienced this before where I spent years in grad school studying. I spent, you know, there was a lot of money involved. I graduated with $60,000 in debt and I was only making $32,000. So you do the math there and living in Chicago and I looked at my life and I was like, I don't know how much longer I could do this, even though I've committed, you know, in my mind. 
So that first step was, you know, tough. And so I went from this clinical therapy world into really networking my way into the corporate world. And from that, that opportunity presented itself that I could move into the corporate world and I could work for a president of sales for a huge corporate uh, real estate developer in Chicago. And he said, look, I really like your background as a therapist. I need half of a personal assistant and half of a person to build out my team as a recruiter. I've never recruited before. And it was a very difficult decision, but I did it. I jumped into the corporate world and I took off. I love building out teams. I loved seeing that I could bring people into a company and then the company then builds itself from a sales perspective. So I love that. It was almost like to me, this endorphin of every person I hired, I saw the value and I saw the value, um, not only for the company, but for the person I hired and how excited they were. So I figured this is it. Let, let me just stay on this recruitment path forever. Right. And so I went into the recruitment agency world. Um, and I worked again, my way back into the corporate world of recruitment at L'Oreal. And again, this opportunity that I thought, and I think to myself, wow, I'm just going to stay forever. This is exactly what I wanted to do. And then COVID hit. And I realized I want to help people figure it out, you know, take a snippet of my background as a therapist and move it into this, this coaching world. So I started a side business that grew very, very quickly. And now I'm doing, you know, one-on-one coaching, um, teaching on general assembly from workshops and helping others. So it's a very uh, meandering, you know, career path, but there's been challenges and ups and downs along the way. But um, I'm grateful that I've been open, you know, to the doors that have kind of continuously opened along the way because I was hyper, you know, aware of that. So that's a little bit about me and my background. Um, you've made several transitions, but I feel like you've stayed true to yourself. Like what I guess excites you? There's like a theme behind every of the roles that you've taken in the past. And it seems to be centering around helping people. And you also mentioned something that I really liked, which is seeing the value in everyone you hired. That makes me really happy to hear that because I, I also do believe that everybody has values. It's important to find that and develop that. So it really does take a different set of skill set and personality to see that. So I really, really appreciate that in you. And so you said that COVID hit when you were working at L'Oreal. When did you start there? Yeah, so I, and again, this is part of my career path. I was at, I started as a consultant at L'Oreal in 2017. And then another, you know, side um, life occurrence. I, when my contract ended in New York, I moved back to Ohio for six months I worked at Zulily and then I came back to New York. Talk about a wild ride. I moved from New York to Ohio and back to New York City in six months, three times. And oh yeah, I know. And but what happened was in my mind, I thought, okay, my contract's done. I'm, you know, I'm going to move back and be closer to family. But throughout that process, there was something inside of me. I just knew I wasn't happy. And so 
L'Oreal called me back and they said, we have a headcount now. We want you back. And so I went back in 2018. So it's been like a, um, like a pinball, right? It's like been a back and forth process, which has been very emotionally and draining. But again, I followed just that ultimate, like North star. And I knew that there was a reason for this. So I've been there since 2018. Um, I'm actually still there and running my side hustle as an entrepreneur. It's, a lot of work. Um, but I think the corporate world has taught me a lot and it's also kind of created my network, you know, so I'm, I'm really grateful for that opportunity, um, to at least still be there. And, um, as an entrepreneur, I'm finding myself daily, honestly, it's, it's continuously uh, kind of, I guess, sprouting these new skills I never had. You know, I was a recruiter, I'm a recruiter, but I'm also turning into an email marketer and I'm turning into a social media, um, you know, community manager in a way I am leading workshops. So now I'm a teacher. I I'm constantly reinventing myself along the way. And it, that piece to me though, is so valuable and you, but you have to be open to it. You know, if, if you close yourself off and just say, oh, I, I can only be a recruiter or I can only be a coach or I can only do these things, you're going to close off a lot of doors. And the moment you, your mind that you begin to open and welcome opportunity, push yourself and learn that to me has kind of just created now a new path for me that, um, I never knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and actually run a whole side business. Had no idea I could even do that. And now I am. So yeah, it's, it's these ups and downs continuously that you have to be resilient, you know, to keep moving through. Because I think sometimes if you over, if you overanalyze everything that you're doing in life, sometimes it's going to be very draining and then you're going to stop. So yeah, that's kind of my motto is, is to keep that resilience and that open mind of what you can do. You mentioned that you networked into corporate when you first started working for the president of sales at a yeah. company. Um, talk to me about networking. And you also mentioned that later. So I want to kind of know your perspective and how you, how you do it, how you get started even. Yeah. So my tips for networking, there's two things. You have nothing to lose. And so often, so many people are worried about what they're going to say or how they're going to show up. And you really have nothing to lose in a conversation with someone, right? If you go and put yourself out there, now it's all in a virtual world. Um, back years ago, when we were able to get you know, in front of each other a little bit more, you know, I was networking in person. And I, you have to have that confidence that you're not going to annoy someone. And even if they say no, then that should give you more, you know, fuel to keep trying because you're going to be told no along the way. You're going to be told. And what I mean by no is no, sorry, you know, I don't have the time or not interested. Right. So that's to me is the first thing. It's that mindset, go into it with nothing to lose. And then another tip I have is network when you don't always need to network. 
So often a lot of people wait until they need a job or they wait until they've been laid off. And networking is like anything in life. Like you can't abandon all these relationships and then expect to pick them back up. Networking is there for you at all times. And when you use it and when you connect, networking is about connecting to people. It's not about gaining something or getting a job. It's truly about a network and all the little dots along the way create your network. So when you start looking at it as I'm not networking for something, I'm constantly networking to build who I am and my, uh, my circle, that is the beauty of it. So those are my two tips, but going back to your question, and I, I wanted to preface with those because it really starts with your mindset of those two things. Once you overcome those, what I've done, and yes, how I've landed some inter- like some of my jobs in corporate is because I'm not afraid to have those conversations. So what happened was back in grad school, I tempt because I'm... I'm all about any opportunity I can get to get my foot in the door, I'm taking it. So in grad school, I worked a lot of side jobs to, um, you know, I was going to school, I nannied, I did research at DePaul. I then also tempt in a corporate setting, which was this, um, it's a huge real estate developer. And I'm like, oh, this is a really cool opportunity. A lot of people would have turned it down because it was only two weeks and they needed someone to, I think, do like admin work and cover someone. And again, I think most people would have been like, why would you take a two-week job? But I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to be in an office with corporate executives. I'm taking it. So, and again, don't forget, I was still in grad school for being a therapist at the time. So it made no sense. It really didn't. But I was in the kitchen and I was getting coffee. And so I always tell everybody, like, I owe my coffee drinking habit to so much because I'm always like, always getting coffee. And I was in the kitchen and I ran into the president of sales again, who was an executive and I'm a nobody. I'm a two week temp. And what did I do? Again, I had that mindset. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to gain from this. I'm going to talk to him. So I introduced myself and I told him I was in grad school for, you know, being a therapist and he thought it was fascinating. And you know what? He asked for my resume and that was it. But then I got a call a long time later, which is when I, again, I became the therapist. I was in nonprofit and I got an email from him and said, Hey, I need someone to help build out my team. I was really impressed with you. So that just exactly that goes to show that there's these moments in our life that if you think of it as a seed, continue to plant like your seed and who you are all over because it will come back and grow in so many ways that you never thought. So for me, if I wouldn't have, most people would have, like I said, never even said hi to someone at that caliber, let alone introduce themselves. And so you have to take that risk and you have to just look at it as we're all people. And I just wanted to connect with him and introduce myself. So that's my story of how I got into, you know, the corporate world, um, through coffee. (laughs) That's so wonderful. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I think 
I guess I, I kind of personally have something quite similar, not maybe not to the level of, you know, t- talking to an executive and then getting calls like um, months later about an opportunity, but something quite similar. But I do want to kind of bring us back to um, your, you know, your, I guess, first entry into the corporate world working mm-hmm. as a recruiter, because I think that's definitely a lot of um, people's career path or what they're starting off doing. And I guess um, what I'm most curious about is, it just sounds so different than what you were trained to do as a clinical therapist. And <laughs> I think a lot of the times when people are you know, faced with an opportunity or even just the thought of doing something they've never, ever done before, they kind of just freeze and they don't think they can do it. Did you have that kind of problem internally, or maybe you were able to kind of train your mind to not be, you know, so intimidated by like the, the, the idea of doing something that you don't have experience for, don't have a degree for, and then you just went for it. How did you overcome that? If you had to, had to at all. What I, you're right. It starts again with this mindset of being confident in your strengths. And I knew my strength was, um, going back to Dean, I think it's what you said in the beginning about being perceptive. I really do feel one of my strengths is I am able to listen and assess other people. So that translates in a lot of different ways. I'm able to assess people from, you know, um, a mental health capacity, right? I'm able to diagnose, but then I'm also able to assess someone and understand their talent and how they could fit into a greater company. So, but at the bottom of that, that strength to me is just about empathy and listening and being able to see someone for all that they can bring to a, you know, whether it's a company or all that they can bring in their life. That's what I focused on. And you're right. I didn't have the skills. I didn't know what went into recruiting. There's systems involved. There's negotiating. I didn't have any negotiating skills. Um, It's fast paced. It's challenging because you, if you make a bad hire, that doesn't sit well with a company, you know? Um, so there was a lot of things I had to learn quickly, but like I said, I had this underlying factor and I, I encourage others to see that in themselves too, is that, you know, you might not have the A, B and C bullet points of the job that you want to move into, but I guarantee you have some type of strength or transferable skill underlying and you need to leverage that and you need to capitalize on that because The moment you allow yourself to say, well, I don't have um, X, Y, Z, then you're going to continue to go down that path. You're going to continue to focus on all the things you don't have. And then you're going to take your eyes off what you do. And so to me, I always focus on how do I leverage 80% of my strength with that maybe 20% of learning opportunity that... um, is a weakness. You know, those are areas that I need to improve on, but I'm going to always come back to my strengths. So I hope that's helpful for like you and others to realize that, you know, there's so much in all of us that we, that we have. Um, but so often we focus on the things that we don't. So that's what I want to encourage people that are looking to transition to really hone in on those skills when you first started working in recruiting, were you worried that because you didn't come from recruiting, were you worried about that or nervous when you first started? 
I think I was so interested in figuring out recruiting itself that I just jumped in and learned extremely fast. And I didn't have time to think about, you know, that I wasn't a recruiter. Um, but you're right. I was <laughs> sitting, I mean, this is the intimidating part. I, um, in a very sh- few short years, I went from being a clinical therapist, being in a corporate setting into an agency agencies at any capacity, whether you're on a brand or digital side or uh, recruiting agencies are extremely competitive. You are on commission. You are talking to people nonstop. Um, There's no time to sit and sulk and say, well, I'm not a recruiter. I didn't have time. I, I literally, I got in there and it's sink or swim. So I, I either could go into that recruiting agency and work insanely hard, which is what I did, or I could have taken a step back and been overwhelmed and compared myself and felt fearful of that. You know, you can take those two paths. I chose the opposite. I chose that I'm going to keep going. I'm going to learn really quickly and I'm going to swim because I refuse, you know, to fail. So it is intimidating. Absolutely. I was sitting next to people that were younger than me that had more recruiting experience. But like I said, at the end of the day, instead of comparing age or years or whatever, I just kind of put my head down and and worked hard. And I ended up getting two promotions within a year and a half. So, you know, I, for others out there that are worried of that comparison, when you shift, um, again, it's really about keeping your, the eyes on your path and not being so caught up in that comparison. Yeah. And when you first started um, working as a recruiter, and obviously for sure you worked really, really hard and you know, how you got there was through recruiting. Did you, um, find any value in kind of, you know, also obviously making friends with your colleagues and trying to learn from them and then, you know, like networking with other recruiter peers at the time to learn how they were able to kind of like, you know, craft their skills and, you know, be really good at what they did. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, I always say my advice is this fine line of inspiration versus comparison. And so what I just talked about was that comparison trap that you don't want to go down in the sense of, you know, comparing every little detail. However, you do have to learn and be inspired. So yes, I would sit next to, um, you know, our president of recruitment and learn from her and how, and how she talked to candidates. Um, I was hyper aware of what worked and what didn't. And then I took that information and applied it to myself and my strengths. So that's super important um, is to learn from others, of course, as you're transitioning into a new career or job and, and then take those bits of information and work them into, like I said, you know, how can you be different? You know, you don't have to be the same um, marketing manager as that person, or you don't have to be the same product developer as this other person. You can create and cultivate your own, um, kind of, you know, persona in itself. But along the way, I will say, I, going back to your point about like this network and friendship, um, 
I actually, I was reading recently, I did a post on this the other day about you're seven times more likely to stay in a career path if you feel like a sense of belonging. And so I do think that's so important along the way. You know, there's again, this balance of keeping your eyes on your own path, but then being open to just connecting to people. And I owe so much of my career to just really valuing people and connection. And because that sense of belonging to me comes from those friendships and learning and people. And I value that. I I really value that I learn from others. And um, to me, like so much of my career, I still stay in touch with people from many years ago because I value that, you know? And so you're right. I think along the way I continued to just cultivate my network to make sure that not only I'm learning, but I'm just keeping those relationships and it, and those are valuable for, for the future. Yeah. It's not just about forging new relationships, but also about maintaining the ones you have. That's very, very important. Yes. I'm very curious. So how did you get into coaching? So what happened was I've, I've always been obviously a motivational person, um, in the midst of my career as well. Side note, I've been, um, a fitness instructor for close to, and I started not currently, I'm not doing this cause I, I unfortunately don't have the time of balancing a company and another job. But, um, I always had this, you know, inspirational, I guess, presence. And so yes, for many years through grad school and onward, I was a fitness instructor and, you know, that takes a certain kind of coaching and presence, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of a part of who I am and it shows up in everything I do. So what, what happened was during when COVID hit, a lot of people came to me and said, I don't know, like I I'm feeling lost. It was, and it was more even about not even finding a job, but also figuring like their life out. And it was a continual trend for a month. Like so many people were reaching out to me and I was like, why don't I turn this into something? You know how I, I have all this knowledge of how to hire, how to get a job, how to navigate a corporate setting, how to land an opportunity. And I, I'm a trained therapist. It's a very, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a unique culmination of traits, you know? And so I kind of thought about it and decided to just start, um, start coaching others and, and really, you know, with my master's in, in clinical counseling, I've obviously had a lot of experience studying people and understanding motivators and, and empathy. And then, like I said, I have this whole other corporate experience. So yeah, so I, I started my own side company and it's grown, you know, significantly because of that authentic experience that I don't think not a lot of coaches might have had. So, um, and then it's through referrals. I mean, because of my work that truly connects to people, because I approach a career with mindset and purpose and then the career strategy, it's unique. It's not, I don't think everybody's, um, 
you know, initial thought when you're thinking of, Hey, let me find a job. And so me as a coach has just emerged and revealed itself, you know, through, through that process. So it's been really exciting and um, I'm excited to see how else it's going to grow. Yeah. And uh, when you said people approached you with questions, how were they approaching you? Yeah. I mean, they, anything from LinkedIn, I get a lot. I have like 11,000 followers on or connections on LinkedIn. And so my inbox was just so many people reaching out. Um, I would get, you know, friends of friends would get my texts or emails. And then that, like I said, I was like, this is an opportunity for me to say more than just helping one person. Um, and then that's when I started my Instagram, my blog. Um, I started workshops and that's when it truly grew exponentially from workshops and Instagram. And then on LinkedIn, um, I, you know, post blogs. So this information is getting out there and then, you know, people are reaching out that way. What is the number one thing your coaching clients struggle with? I will say uh, two things. The first is this level of confidence and mindset. And it can be, mindset to me can absolutely close you off from your capabilities if you allow it to. And so often when I start working with people, I start working on your internal uh, like value, strengths, and purpose first. Because so many people are like I said, very um, scared to take that first step or unsure, but they're completely capable. They just are nervous about it and then they get in their head. So I work a lot on that internal work and mindset first um, because that's a common theme. So that's probably the first main thing that I see constantly in all my clients. And then the second piece, the most common is truly this networking piece right now because we are in a very competitive job market. There's millions and millions of people right now that are looking for jobs. And then from an applicant setting, there's hundreds and hundreds of very viable, talented candidates. So you're going up against what could be another hundred people that have very similar experience as you. So how do you stand out? So a lot of people are overwhelmed in that way. You know, how, how do I stand out? How do I network in a virtual world? Because like I said, you can't just bump into someone getting coffee anymore, unfortunately. So (laughs) um, there's a lot more obstacles right now to figure that out. And so those are kind of the two main themes that I find constantly emerging. And I really work with people on that. Yeah. And tell me, how was it? Um, I mean, how is it uh, right now that you're working, but you also have a side hustle? How do you balance that? And do you talk to your coworkers about it? Yeah, it's it's a lot. I um, <laughs> I work a lot, and uh, um, I guess for right now, I'm trying to balance not burning out, but it is an extreme passion of mine. So a lot of my coworkers do know I have like a side business, um, and at L'Oreal, a lot of people there's a lot of marketers that have side businesses too, right? They freelance or they're bloggers, um, they're influencers. I think we live in a world where people just have 
side hustles and multiple businesses. And sometimes the more I talk to people at work, I find out that they also have some other side businesses, whether it's like owning, you know, a pizza shop or like something on the side. It's it's fascinating. So um going back to your question about balance, I it's not easy, but I think because I'm so beyond passionate about the work I'm doing, it doesn't feel like work. Honestly, like it really doesn't. I, I do work a lot. I work on weekends. I work during nights. Um, organization helps. I work with a business coach as well. She helps me organize my week so that when I'm working for L'Oreal, I'm present and I'm working hard. But then when I'm working with my clients and my side business, I'm also working hard. So, you know, it's about, um, yes, organization and coaching and, and all of that. Um, and just trying to be aware. I have to listen to my body. I think there's certain nights where I am like, I can't move. Uh, you know, I, I need a minute and I take it. And um, so I think that's important is to like, listen to yourself, but, but I love what I do. And I just, I, I like the work, you know, so going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of work. Cause, um, it's not just, I mean, f- on top of the 40 hours, you also have to um, write or blog or do a bunch of other things. And those things take a lot of time. So yes. it's not easy. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's a lot of late nights and weekends, like I said. But but honestly, because of COVID, I, I think a lot of people have had a little, you know, like it's, I was supposed to travel a lot more and now... <laughs> No, I'm not. Um, I'm not commuting, things like that, right? So I capitalize on those times. Um, I try to not watch like a lot of TV. Um, and but I also balance it out, you know, with like I still value family and friends. Like I'm not a type of person that, as you can tell, I talk a lot and um I still value like friends and family so much in my life. It's not like I'm heads down working, you know, 20 or like 15 hour days and not talking to, you know, anybody else. So, um, yeah, I, you just kind of make it work right for, for the time being. And you take uh day by day and see what happens. I love what you said earlier about, you know, like try not to network when you have to. So you kind of have to make that into your habit of always being networking. Do you have any tips or advice or like any kind of a, you know, um, three factor or three step kind of process for people or, you know, who are listening and our listeners to always be ready to network for those like almost water cooler, but coffee time, kitchen at work kind of conversation. Um, I think a lot of the times, especially when I work, I feel a little conscious if I'm trying to network because I don't want to come across as being a little overboard because you're at work. So technically you already have a job there and, you know, but you kind of want to balance out the desire to like learn and get to know people and kind of like, um, let your skill set and your, um, I guess your work shine at a work setting Mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I don't know what your advice is for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a few different parts here is you have your own in, in company, like where you're at now, right? You can network at your own company. And then there's a second piece of external networking. So if we're going to talk first about this internal networking piece, 
like you said, oh, I don't want it to take away from my job or whatever. But I think actually a lot of companies value that because this is what happens. And um, I work with a lot of people on just moving their own career at their own company. Because if you, so say you're in on one team and you're working really, really hard and that team of 10 people know you, but there's also how many other people in your company that have no idea, you know, that you're a hard worker or that you have these strengths and these values. And maybe there's an opportunity, um, you know, one day down the line for you to transition and be on their team. But if you don't make those connections, how will they know? How will you stand out? And so I think a lot of people don't network within their own company, but you absolutely should. Because if anything, that's the common denominator and it's easier to network within your own company. So I always approach it in a way of, I really want to learn more exactly, you know, about what you're doing, how you do it and learn about your, you know, career path. Cause everybody has, especially nowadays, everybody has such a cool career path. If you just ask, I guarantee people are so excited to tell you about it. So that's my first tidbit for like internal networking, like absolutely do it and capitalize on it. Because then also, if one of those people that you've networked with has left the company, now your network is expanding, right? So continue to think about that is those, like I said, those seedlings, those little dots along the way continue to make sense. So keep that in mind. Um, For those that don't have a job right now and are kind of overwhelmed with where to network externally. I always suggest in a way, like don't conquer, don't feel like you have to conquer the world um, through networking all at once. Take your time, do your research, really look into companies. And as you look into companies on LinkedIn, I mean, this is a perfect place to go you will start to find certain connections and certain themes. And you might click on someone that, wow, they you know went to your college or they know someone that knows someone. It's actually a really cool exercise. And I challenge someone to do is, like I said, just start going down a rabbit hole of clicking on people and learning about their trajectories. And before you know it, you will probably come across someone that you have some type of common denominator with. And those are the people that you want to network with. You want to start there. You want to start with people that you can say, hey, we went to the same school. Like I went to Ohio State. Honestly, most people that, um, who's ever listening to this, anyone that went to a Big Ten, I'm all about it. I'm like, great. That's so cool. Would love to connect. Um, or for you, if it's not a college, what is it? Is it that you guys both have some type of you know, certificate from General Assembly? Or is it that you both worked at some type of agency years ago? Find the common denominator. That is where you want to leverage. Um, because if you do just go with this cold calling, hi, um, I really want to work at your company kind of approach, I'll be transparent. It doesn't necessarily work. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Actually, you brought up a good point. I really like that you said that network based on maybe your school or something. Mm -hmm. That's a really good idea. I honestly have never thought about that. I think that if I 
go like in that perspective or use that as a way to network, I'm going to be way less awkward when I network. Right. Right. Because you have something authentic to talk about. Yes, and we, exactly. And again, whether it's grad school or undergrad, it's such a common denominator that as we know, most people are super excited to connect with someone from college or an alum because you have that, um, you get it, you know, you get where you went to school and that connection. So definitely utilize that. Do you have any other tips like that? That's awesome. <laughs> I have many, many tips, um, in my toolbox, <laughs> but, um, I always suggest that one. And like I said, then, um, if it's not alumni, then think to yourself, switch it around. If someone messaged you with a common denominator, what would that be? And then utilize that, right? So for me, like I said, it would be Ohio State. Or for me, it might be um, something about my background, right? Like I, maybe it's a volunteer because I have a lot of things on my LinkedIn about volunteering. So I'm a big like pet rescue, um, again, pre-COVID, I would love to help certain organizations in New York City with pet rescue. So maybe, again, it's that common denominator where some, someone's reaching out to me with a common theme. And it's almost like, look, I'm not on dating apps, but it's like that, right? What What <laughs> is connecting people? And it, find that. So um, it's it's kind of a challenging exercise sometimes, but you really, once you find it, it clicks and it makes sense. And then your likelihood of connecting with someone is going to be much higher than just, like I said, a cold call reach out of, hey, you work here, would like to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have any tips or I guess advice for developing your career during COVID? Yeah, there's... <laughs> I did a whole workshop on this for an hour. Um, mm. I'll try to condense it. And I, like I said, it's this balance of you're going to have to get over um, your mind in a way of trying to not make it that you're the only one. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are in a situation that is not the best with COVID. So get over that in your head. You have to work through those mindset, um, you know, things that hold you back and you have to shift. It's called a mindset shift. So you have to start there. And then, you know, with COVID, I would say it's continuously. I always say, spend more time. If you're looking for a job right now, spend more time as much as you can on trying to have more conversations versus more applications. And, I can't emphasize that enough. A lot of people get really bogged down by the numbers of, okay, I'm going to apply to 40 jobs. I'm going to apply to 30. And then what happens if you don't hear? It's very difficult to sit with, right? You're sitting with, I'm not good enough. Why, didn't, why are they not calling me back? I was perfect for that job. I actually have a client that um, this individual was so focused that they didn't hear back from a company that they thought they were perfect for. And I agree. I, I said, you know, yes, you are really good for that job, but so are another 200 people, right? So instead of spending more time on those applications and getting bogged down by that, continue to be resilient and continue to try to have conversations with people to expand that network. Because, you know, the moment, like I said, you stop and you 
really go down um, that spiral and ruminate on all the negative happening around you, it's going to be very tough. My last tip is celebrate small wins. And this seems kind of silly, but I work with my clients on this that continue writing down small wins along the way. And it literally could be like, I um, got a response from someone for, you know, um, a recruiter or networking, or I got an email back about a job or something. It, It could even be as small as you updated your resume for the day. These are really small wins that you might overlook But look, along the way, a small win plus a small win all along the way are going to add up to be a really, really big win. And at the end of, say, a month, you're going to look back in your notebook or wherever you've written them down. I have a whiteboard. And you're going to smile and be really proud. So remember that. Um, It's not an easy linear trajectory forward in a job search at all, there's going to be ups and downs. So remember those small wins along the way. Yeah. Thank you. Um, You have a lot of good advice in in this area. Um, So if people want to learn more about your coaching business um, or your advice, where can they find you? Yes. So honestly, I'm um, very accessible on LinkedIn and that's where I post a lot of my workshops that I lead. Like I said, through um, general assembly or my own. So make sure to connect with me. You know, it's, it's Britt Ramsey on LinkedIn and, um, I post a lot on there so you can easily connect with me there. And then also on Instagram is where I have, um, my, you can find me at be well underscore mindset. And this is where I post a lot of job tips or mindset tips, um, I really talk about how to drastically shift your career with, like I said, different um, themes that I continuously post about. So that's kind of where you can find a little bit more on on the blog side and inspiration side. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to connect with you all and you know, feel free to DM me. I'm very accessible or message me on LinkedIn. Right. Thank you. Um, I think that's about it in terms of our questions. So, uh, Brittany, thank you so much for stopping by. Um, it was such a good conversation. Learned so much from you, especially about the networking tip. Maybe thank now you. I'm going to be not awkward when I network. <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad yeah. it was helpful. And yeah, thank you both very- for um, allowing me to tell my story and hopefully, you know, help others along the way as well. I appreciate both of you for having me today. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you both. It was nice virtually meeting you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You just finished listening to an episode of the Working Progress Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you share this with someone who can benefit from it and leave us a review on iTunes. Don't forget to let us know what you think or if you have any questions. You can find our contact information in the episode description. Keep doing the good work and I look forward to speaking with you soon.